do you believe? What's up, everyone? Welcome to the All Bets Are On podcast with Kate Constable. It's been a hot second since we've been on, but we're back. We're ready for the NBA season to start, and we couldn't be more excited. So many storylines going into the season. The East is absolutely loaded with talent. The West, you know, some teams that are vying uh, could be a championship contender as well. You've got the punch heard around the world with Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. You've got turmoil in... LA already with the Lakers, Pat Bev, Russell Westbrook. How are they going to get along this season? So much exciting stuff coming at you this season, and I'm excited to dive into it all. I've spent the last couple days doing some research, getting ready for the season, filling out my power ratings. So we're feeling good heading into the start of the season, but with any new season, it's hard to know exactly what to expect from a lot of these teams. So even though I feel like I have a good handle on them, it's always good to be cautious early on in the season in terms of betting. I tend to bet a lot less this in the start of the season, just as I watch these teams kind of get more of a feel for them, the way they play together, their chemistry, all of that jazz. And with that, we're going to dive into the two games tonight that are going on to open the NBA season. I'm also going to play for you an interview that I did last week with Cyrus Zatza. He's the host of the Rick Barry Show here on the Believe Network, and he's also the host of the Locked on Warriors podcast. So uh, Cyrus knows all about what's going on with the Warriors right now. He'll take us through some of the uh, aftermath of the Draymond Green, Jordan Poole drama, and then also some thoughts on how this team is constructed this year with a couple pieces gone and what we can look forward to watching the Warriors this year. So with that, we will start today's show with the Sixers and Celtics. Celtics playing for the first time since losing in the NBA Finals last year. Talk about some turmoil in the offseason. Celtics head coach Ime Odoka suspended for the season. Joe Mazzula is stepping in as their interim head coach. Celtics in this game are two and a half point favorite. This has come down from, I believe it opened around four, four and a half. But money coming in on the Sixers. The total here is sitting at 214 and a half. My play in this game is for the over. I think Boston set for a little bit of regression since losing Udoku for the season. He was the one that instilled uh, this hard-nosed defense that they played all last year. He's the reason that they were the number one defense in the league for most of the season. So without that intensity and kind of approach that he brought to the game, I think the Celtics could struggle early defensively. Also, just with everything that's gone on in their organization, building up their chemistry again, especially under a new head coach. And yeah, I know he was the an assistant coach and now an interim. So he's been in the system for this past year with Udoku. He knows kind of how this team operates, but it's still different when a new uh, someone new steps into a role like that. So a little concerned as to how the Celtics are going to look defensively to start the season. They're also starting the season without Robert Williams. He's out for the first two months of the season, and he was a huge part of their success defensively, kind of roaming that back line for the Celtics, a huge rim protector for them. So without him in the game, I'm worried about how they're going to handle Joel Embiid because the 76ers ranked first in points per possession on post-up plays last year, which, again, isn't surprising when you have a player like Joel Embiid. So I'm expecting a big game from Joel Embiid, a lot of easy buckets for him. And if he doesn't make those shots, he's typically going to the free throw line, which means the clock is stopped and you're putting more points on the board. 
Also, the 76ers, their offense is looking pretty talented heading into the start of the season. This is the first full offseason that James Harden is with the team. And I must say, James Harden looks kind of fit. This is the first season in a long time I haven't seen him come into the year in his fat suit. So he's ready to go. He took a pay cut. He's very serious about this season, about winning this season, winning now. So between Harden, Tyrese Maxey, who took a huge step last year, it showed so much versatility offensively, and then Joel Embiid. And there was that video that went viral just about a month ago with Doc Rivers talking to James Harden and kind of explaining to him, you know, Embiid is our number one choice. Uh, the first option is feeding him in the post, getting him going, and then you can start to get your game going and start hitting outside shots and, and, and all that. So I just think this 76ers offense is going to be tough for the Celtics to slow down without Robert Williams in the game. I mean, yes, the Celtics do have the defensive player of the year last year in Marcus Smart, but either way, I think this is a little bit faster paced game than some are anticipating. And we saw high totals in openers last year. The season started with a lot of overs last year. I've also heard a lot of people say that as teams are working to build chemistry offensively, whether that's, you know, a new system put in, new players on the roster this year, as they're kind of learning to gel offensively, that the defense takes a step forward early on in the season. I actually think it's the opposite because defense is where you actually have to play hard. Offense is kind of where you get your break. And early on in the season, maybe conditioning isn't where it should be. A lot of these players didn't play in each of the preseason games. So it's going to take a game or two or three for them to really get their legs under them defensively. And in which that case, that leads to more scoring on the offensive end. So I already played the over 214.5 for the Sixers. I know it's ticked up just a little bit to 216. That might be my cutoff uh, a spot, but I also like the Sixers taking the points in this one. I think they could win this game outright. They have the talent offensively to match whatever Boston tries to put up. Uh, and defensively, you know, Embiid in the paint there, a huge rim protector for them. And then again, without the Celtics having Robert Williams in the game, I think that's a huge game changer for them on that defensive side of the ball. So two plays for this game. Again, it took the over 214 and a half. I know that number is up a little bit right now, but I also like the Sixers plus two and a half. We head out to the West Coast for the only other game tonight. That's Lakers and Warriors in Golden State. Warriors are a six-point favorite. The total here is 225. And this is a big night for the Warriors because it's their ring ceremony night. Getting the rings after winning the NBA championship last season. And the Warriors have won quite a few championships lately. So I actually have kind of a fun stat here, courtesy of Greg Silver, another host at Believe. Golden State is 2-1 on ring night during this dynasty run that they've had. They beat New Orleans in 2015, beat Oklahoma City in 2018. Their only loss, and, and thus not a cover, was against Houston in 2017. Houston went on to go 65-17 and 17 and earned the number one seed in the West that year. So that, that loss is understandable right there. But overall, pretty good on the night that they received their rings. The side here has ticked back and forth from six, six and a half. I would play on the Warriors on this game, taking minus six. But ultimately, this would be a play for me that's more of a fade in the Lakers than it is playing on the Warriors. Because I have a lot of question marks, just as I'm sure many people do on this Lakers team coming into the season. Is Russell Westbrook starting? Is he coming off the bench? Is he going to be okay coming off the bench if he is? 
How does he gel with Pat Beverly? I mean, there are a lot of egos and strong personalities on this team. So how those all fit together is going to be interesting to watch. Pat Beverly has really been unbelievable on every team he's been on in the NBA. He has an effect on these teams because he's kind of crazy. Defensively, he's getting up in you all the time. He's getting in your head. He knows how to rattle players. But my question is, is he going to rattle Russell Westbrook at all during this season? I mean, we've already seen clips of those two of what it looks like them not getting along. Then you've also got the question of health. Anthony Davis is always, always hurt. I know Anthony Davis is a very good player. Not taking that away from him at all. He has so much talent, so much skill, but he's not one of the best players in the NBA because he can't stay on the floor. If you can't stay on the floor, how are you expected to be in that conversation of some of the greats? Because you're playing about half of a season every season. I just can't um, get me started on Anthony Davis and I might never stop. So I hope he's healthy this year. I hope he's healthy because watching him play is really fun and that's good basketball and that stuff as a fan that you want to be able to sit and watch. But that really hasn't been the case the last couple of years with him. This is also year 20 for LeBron. I don't know how he is in as good of shape as he is. I suppose it's because he's a billionaire. And if I had a million dollars, I might look a little different too. Maybe eat a little different, have a private chef. All those things that he uses to keep his body the way it is and is now able to play uh, year 20 in the NBA, which is pretty amazing. So I think the Lakers are going to be a little bit better this year. Maybe finish around the fifth spot, play in range. I don't think they're going to be significantly better. And in this opening game against the Warriors, I think it's going to take him a little time. It's going to be a little slow to start the season. They have new players on the roster. Dennis Schroeder is one of them, although he is already injured to start the season. He's having thumb surgeries out for three to four weeks, so that's not uh, a great start already for this team. But I just think it's going to take a little while for them to gel. You think after an entire offseason in which you had time to figure out where Russell Westbrook fits into this offense that they would have it down by now, but I don't think that's the case. I think it's still going to take some time early on in this season, and the Warriors are coming in uh, off of an NBA championship. You have Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green back, Jordan Poole back, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman is back. I mean, the list goes on and on for the Warriors, and they're all players that can make an impact on this game in various ways. And you have Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins who just signed massive contracts. So I would not be surprised if those two come into this game ready to show the fans exactly what they're going to be getting from them in the next four or five years. Because if I were to sign that type of contract, I would want to go out and, and show them that I am worth every dollar that this team is spending on me. So I expect big games out of those two from the start. And yes, we have the drama out of Golden State with Draybon Green punching Jordan Poole. I don't know if they've put that behind them. They say they have. They're going to be professionals and move on. That doesn't really sound to me like they've put it completely behind them. So some things to work on there, some things for that team to work through as the season goes along. But overall, I think they have enough veterans on that roster where once they step on the floor, all that noise is going to be gone and they're just going to be able to play basketball and not worry about any of that stuff. But that does bring us to our guest of the day. Cyrus Zatza, he's the host of the Rick Berry Show here on the Believe Network. He's also the host of the Locked On Warriors podcast. So he is living, breathing Golden State Warriors all the time. He's one of the reporters who's at practice, in press conferences, all of that. So he brings us such a great inside look 
at this team and everything that's going on with them right now. This interview was recorded last week, so keep that in mind as you're listening. But we talked through uh, Golden State's win total for the season, where they're at this season in terms of all the drama going on, and then some other good pieces that the Warriors have added this year that are likely going to make a difference. And we now have joining us Cyrus Satsas, the host of the Rick Barry Show on the Believe Network and also the host of the Locked on Warriors podcast. So someone who knows plenty about everything that's golden on, going on in Golden State right now. Cyrus, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's a pleasure, pleasure to be on with your show. Thanks for having me. So these last couple episodes, we've been going over win totals for the various divisions. And today we're talking a Pacific division win totals. So just right off the bat, I want to get your thoughts. 52 and a half wins for the Warriors at some places, 51 and a half others. So got to do a little bit of line shopping to get the best price. Do you like the over or under on that number? This everything, the moment this Draymond Green Jordan Poole altercation happened, it threw everything up in flux. If you had asked me before the fight and the leak of the video, I would have happily said the over um, simply. And the main reason for that is the Warriors have a lot of young players um, who are going to, who are going to be getting heavy playing minutes. Um, and I think that's going to translate to more regular season success than you might've anticipated for the Warriors, just because um, if it were not for the young players, uh, uh, guys like Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, these veterans, um, they're going to be sitting out a lot of games. Uh, Draymond Green has a back issue that he's going to be dealing with for the rest of his playing career. So I doubt you're going to be seeing him play back to backs. Clay Thompson, who I thought would be playing all 82. Now I'm not so sure because um, his conditioning has taken a step back because of mental hurdles he's faced. Uh, uh, to put it in context, um, every offseason he likes to play pickup basketball but that's how he tore his Achilles. And so this last offseason, he did not play ba- pick up basketball at all because he just didn't feel ready for that. And that has set his schedule behind in terms of conditioning and getting ready for opening night. So we don't even know if we're going to see him opening night. We don't know if he's going to be load managed. Draymond Green probably will be load managed. Stephen Curry doesn't need load management, but I could envision uh, the team doing that on occasion to keep him fresh for the postseason. Um, so, you know, but, but at the same time, the Warriors youth, um, at least from what I've seen uh, so far, is fantastic. They're dynamic. Um, James Wiseman is starting to look like a number two draft pick. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga is, you know, and last night, granted, this was a preseason game, but he was filling into the power four position for Draymond Green. He looked fantastic. He finally uh, showed that he could be a decent rebounder. He grabbed eight rebounds in that game. Um, Moses Moody is just is officially, as of right now, the team's sixth man. Uh, he'll be the team's seventh man when Clay Thompson comes back. My point is these young players are are they give you reason to be excited. Jordan Poole last night had 18 points in a quarter, I believe 25 in a game. You're going to be seeing him play heavy minutes all season long. And this is real legitimate talent. This is these are players that if you don't observe the Warriors regularly, um, you might question how good they are you might question how the Warriors will do playing a lot of second and third year players and a fourth year player in Jordan Poole um but I'm telling you right now these are real NBA players these kids are going to be amazing and I think it helps them in terms of the regular season win total by them playing consistently um but then we had this incident uh, this this Jordan Poole Draymond Green incident where where Green punched Cole Cockham uh, during a practice. And this has caused dissension with the Warriors that I've never experienced in my life. Um, I, I shouldn't say life. I mean, Latrell Sprewell <laughs> choked PJ Clarissimo's 27 <laughs> years ago, but in recent history, certainly during the dynasty. So um, 
I, I would know I before before this incident, I would have said confidently that mm-hmm. to bet the over. Now I'm not confident in betting that because I really don't know uh, what the fallout will be from this altercation. Because right now, uh, for the first time in my history covering this team, uh, Draymond Green's teammates do not have trust in him right now. Um, Jordan Poole is not happy with him right now. And Draymond Green, for this entire run of the dynasty, has been their leader. I know Stephen Curry is their top dog, but Stephen Curry is not a vocal leader the way Draymond Green is. And Draymond Green defensively is like a defensive coordinator out there in the court. And if you're either not going to have him or you're going to have him and, and he's not his normal self, or if there's dissension, then who knows? This is really just throwing a lot of things in the loop. But so I will. Yeah, and when Draymond Green missed time last year, I believe he missed around 36 games or so, we saw what happened to the Warriors with him out of the game because defensively he's their backbone there, like you just said. So he's not able to um, have that type of impact, but also like the emotional impact that he brings to the game, not just as a vocal leader, but the way he, you know, his, his excitement and his energy that he brings. Well, if that's a little bit off this year, or at least the way his teammates respond to his energy, that's could definitely throw a wrench in something. So I would agree with you. This whole fight thing has changed a lot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. So we'll, he we'll had, he, yeah. He had a good apology. I, I mean, I believe it was sincere, but this is a, a player who's done similar stuff, maybe not to this level, um, but he's got a history of this. Like, is, is this a turning point for him or you think he actually learns from this and maybe we see a little bit different temperament from him going forward? I think yes, mainly because he's uh, potentially in a contract year. Yeah. Although I really do feel like he's played his way and 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 conducted his way out of a new max deal. I don't think anyone's giving him a max deal now. Um, he also has a, a back injury that, like you mentioned, they missed. A, was it thirty six games last year? Um, uh, until last year, he was missed a durability for this team. Like he never missed significant time because of any injury. He's had sprained ankles, foot injuries here and there, but he never missed time for him. Um, this was a very serious injury and it's an injury that is never going to fully heal. He has a herniated disc in his back that does not heal itself. It's something that he has to live with. Um, he's gone through conditioning, uh, uh, regiments where he's working on core muscles that he's never worked on before. He's working on his posture. You, you might see him walking around with this lumbar on his back that looks like a fanny pack. That's because he's working on his posture and he needs something uh, when he sits down. The point is he's never going to be the same player again. Uh, the measurables have confirmed that there's been a re- regression there over time, um, but he stepped up when it matters most. But last year uh, in the NBA finals, for example, there were three games where he played awful. Like yeah. he did not perform well. You never used to see something like that from him. Um, so my guess is for, uh, given Draymond Green's age, given uh, you know his contract, he could be a free agent after this year, depending on whether or not he exercises the player option. Um, he's He wants one more big deal. And if he's going to get that, He's going to have to put on a good show this year. And that means both on the court in terms of production, but also off the court in terms of behavior. Because like you said, there is a pattern. It's never been violent like this. Um, you know, I mean, the, the extent of any violence would be like when he kicked Stephen Adams in the groin. Um, but that was during in-game play. You, you could have said that was strategic, accidental, yeah. according to him, sort of. Whatever you want to use as an excuse to just straight throw a, a haymaker punch like that during a practice that is not something I have anyone's ever heard of Draymond doing. So 
It's clearly not a good look. It's a huge distraction for this team. Um, and it's going to really come down to Jordan Poole forgiving him. And if Poole doesn't, he might be gone. He yeah. might be gone because Jordan Poole is the future of this team. And there's no excuse for Draymond Green doing that. So with that said, I do think you're going to see, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the best version of Draymond Green this year, only because it's self-serving. He wants another contract. So um, <clears throat> we probably will see that. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, but uh, who knows what that'll result in? Like, I, who knows whether or not that'll result in him still being like a defensive player of the year candidate, which on a side note, he was, he was a leading candidate for defensive player of the year last year before that back injury. So he can still play defense offensively. He's regressed, um, but he has to put on a good show now because this is a stigma that's going to follow him now, you know? So. Oh, for sure. In the offseason, a couple of players are gone. Gary Payton the second, Otto Porter Jr. Those were two key players last year. I mean, Gary Payton Jr. is your guy who's picking up Chris Paul full court uh, towards the end of games. Porter Jr. obviously played a major role. Juan Toscano-Anderson. What What is it like in terms of uh, winning the Pacific? They're plus 190. They're the favorites to win the Pacific. Now, that's changed a little because a couple weeks ago I was looking and they were in third to win to win this division but with those players gone you're bringing in Dante DiVincenzo who's a nice piece uh you re-sign Kevon Looney did they lose a whole lot by Peyton and, and Porter being gone or did they kind of retool just fine I think I don't think um losing Gary Payton the second is um something you can replace like Gary Payton the second was a very special defensive player as you pointed out and it's not just like uh like the point guard types like chris paul he was even like a nuisance on Nikola jokic in that first round <laughs> series against the nuggets i mean he, he was a pest he was i thought believe me dub nation was very disappointed that the team did not re-sign him um and they had really three substantial losses this offseason gary payne the second was the biggest um auto porter jr was clearly a big one i mean he was starting games for the warriors in the nba finals um, and then Nemanja Bjelica, who's grossly underrated, yes. in my opinion. Uh, they also lost him because he wanted to be closer to his family. So he signed an international contract. He's playing in Europe now, I believe. Yes. Um, but there is a huge but to that, which is, like you said, Dante DiVincenzo. He played for a championship team with the Milwaukee Bucks. Granted, he got injured in playoffs, so he didn't actually play. Um, but he was there for the regular season. He was part of the ride. And he is a solid player. He's a ball handler, shooter, playmaker. Yes. And he's actually a great defender. Um, but the Warriors also picked up a fantastic free agent uh, acquisition in Jermichael Green, um, who was with the Nuggets last year. And regardless of what he gives you offensively, because a lot of people point out that his three-point shooting dipped last season substantially. It, it was, it was a, a huge decline. Um, he attributes it to a combination. Well, he attributes it to a hand injury that he suffered, that he played yeah. through. Um, a lot of other people, myself included, uh, also observed that the Nuggets were really short on outside shooting. And so oftentimes teams would square up on a player like Jamichael if he was sitting outside just waiting for the open three. Um, so the, the numbers decline was not is not necessarily a big flag, but what he brings is such a tenacity defensively, rebounding. Um, he is he has raved about playing on the court with Draymond Green and what kind of tenacious duo they're going to be defensively. Um, so I love that pickup. That almost makes me feel 100% okay about losing Gary Payne the second. And then the other thing you have to consider is that uh, James Wiseman did not play a minute last year. Yes. So him being on the team this year and playing is almost like adding a free agent. And so far, he looks really good. He is starting to look like a former number two pick, um, you know, and 
and he's worked on his post-up game last night. He had this, he, he put up this, this left-handed post shot that looked beautiful. Uh, his his three-point form is great. He's tenacious under the basket in terms of rebounding and defense. Um, plus you have the growth of Kaminga and Moses Moody mm-hmm. in year two. Plus you have the growth of Jordan Poole, uh, who's going to have a bigger role. Um, so while the only player that really sticks out is losing Gary Payne the second, Otto Porter Jr., I don't know if you noticed, for example, he's not going to play the start of the season. Durability's yeah. always been an issue for him. His value is mostly in the postseason. I don't think he affected those regular season numbers so much. Um, but losing Gary Payne the second is going to hurt. But again, Dante DiVincenzo, Jamichael Green, and James Wiseman uh, now playing, hopefully will will be a full season, um, hopefully living up to his potential um, could could completely mitigate all that, and and the Warriors should be fine this year. That's what I would guess. Should be fine. That's that's not too convincing, but I totally agree with you with everything that they have going on. Yeah. Does this at all feel a little bit like it could be a last dance season for this team? Because you have Draymond, you have Poole, you have Wiggins, all expiring contracts, and like you mentioned, we don't know what's going to happen with Draymond at the end of the year. It's not looking like he's going to get the max that he wants. So could this be a last shot for this team? No, I've heard people say that. And, and my, my pushback to that is with the last dance, I mean, the Bulls lost everyone um, except for maybe Kukoc. Uh, you're not losing Stephen Curry, who's like the Jordan of this team. You're not losing Klay Thompson, who I guess could be the, the Scotty Pippen of the team. Um, so you're not this isn't like a last dance per se. Jordan Poole, don't be surprised if any day now you hear that he's going to sign a contract extension. Um, the team seems pretty set on re-signing Wiggins. Wiggins really wants to stay with the Warriors. Um, so the only player really that is in danger of leaving possibly after the season would be Draymond. Um, and again, it, it, that, that's just a question of how big of an impact it's going to be. You don't replace him. I mean, he's he's such a, when you talk about unicorns, yeah. he's like the definition of that. I mean, he's such an anomaly in terms of his skill set and what he brings uh, to a team, um, you can't replace them. You could just try. Uh, but at the same time, like I said, that back injury, a couple of age um, is going to result in a regression. And the question is what the drop off is going to be. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't think it's like the last dance just because again, they're, they might lose Draymond green. Um, maybe we, we still don't know how that's going to play out. The other thing you got to consider as well is um, the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement is going to be restructured this year. Uh, it expires after the season. And my sources have told me that um, one of the renegotiating tactics in the new CBA, one of the things that's going to be uh, restructured is luxury tax penalties on draft picks. Hmm. Um, because right now uh, the a huge reason why the warriors are, penalized so heavily and why people talk about this last dance uh, a moniker applied to the Warriors is because people are afraid Warriors ownership will not spend all the money they need to to keep everyone because of these luxury tax penalties but the downside to that rule right now is that you have teams like the Oklahoma uh, sorry Oklahoma City Thunder Utah Jazz who have stockpiled first round picks these are small market teams that if they score with these picks, they're not going to be able to keep these players in three, four, five years. So all indications are they're going to re- they're going to revise the CBA to stop penalizing teams um, for uh, in terms of luxury tax penalties for their draft picks. And if that's the case, the Warriors can easily keep everyone because the only player who's not a draft pick is Andrew Wiggins. Um, everyone else they want to give extensions to are were drafted by the team and. It just goes against the spirit of the law to penalize a team for drafting well 
because the entire purpose of it was to prevent big market uh, teams from just gobbling up free agents and and stealing everyone. And the Warriors are not successful because of that reason. I mean, they they're successful because they are able to draft well and they're able to develop their talent. Um, so there's a very strong possibility all of this discussion about the luxury tax will be moot uh, come next year. And it remains to be seen. And if that does happen, um, there's a very strong possibility everyone stays. So we'll see. I don't think it's the last dance, though. Sorry to be long-winded with that. <laughs> no, I mean, that seems like the point of the draft is to almost, you know, help make the league on a fair playing scale because, you know, the bad teams, they get the top picks and so forth. So that makes sense that if they get rid of that, that would probably be in the best interest of the league. Also, last last dance, I mean, Steve Kerr isn't going anywhere either. And that was part, yeah, of, exactly. the, part of the exactly. thing yeah, in yeah. Chicago. So, the, 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 so you might see it like a last dance in terms of like the dynasty. I mean, yeah. that might be. But even then, I don't know. I mean, you know, the, even if you lose Draymond Green, I mean, the Warriors suddenly aren't favorites to be champions anymore. But I don't I still think they're contenders, you know, right. I mean, these. so, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, with Steph Curry on your team, I mean, you, you can be a contender anywhere, I think. All right. Uh, last question I have for you. Plus 320, the Warriors are to win the West this year. If they're not the team to win the West, who do you like? Well, first of all, if it's plus 320, bet the house. Yeah, that is, those are some great odds. Um. I, I if the Warriors are healthy this year, I am and they get past this whole uh, fiasco that's going on right now. I think they are the heavy favorite to come out of the West. The only the one threat I see. Well, okay, be, I the Grizzlies to me are slept on. I think the Memphis mm-hmm. Grizzlies are a great team. They're they're not going to have Jaron Jackson Jr. the first half of the season. Uh, he's recovering from knee surgery, but he's going to come back. You have John Morant. You have almost the exact same team as you did a year ago. Uh, they lost Kyle Anderson, but they also draft so well. Um, I, so the Grizzlies are always a threat to me. I, I I really think people underrate them. They had the second most wins in the NBA last year. Uh, but then you look at the roster of the LA Clippers, and you have to look at them as a le- legitimate threat as well. Um, just because Kawhi Leonard is one of the very few players in the game who has beaten the Warriors. I mean, they were shorthanded. Uh, in the 2019 NBA Finals, but his team still won. Um, and Kawhi is just so damn good. So if that team, I, I, I want to wait 20 games or so before I cast judgment on the Clippers, just because we have no idea how chemistry is going to play out. We don't know how John Wall and a lot of these other veterans look. Um, we don't know if they're going to stay healthy, which has been a huge issue for them. Ty Lu, to put it in perspective, while he's revered as a head coach, has never won more than 47 games in a regular season. Um, so there's a lot of question marks for the Clippers on paper, they look damn good, yeah. but I just have to see it myself. Um, so I would say Clippers and the Grizzlies will be the two threats. I don't see the Nuggets as a threat, even though a lot of people are praising them. Um, I they don't they lack they lack depth. I, I look at the the Nuggets bench, and that does not wow me. Um, even with Jamal Murray coming back, so those are the those are the Warriors, Grizzlies, and Clippers to me are going to be the three juggernauts of the West. And and I but I do think the Warriors will come out of the West. I would agree with you. A lot of people I've asked also include the Suns. I don't think the Suns have it this year. They've got an issue with Draymond uh, Draymond Green, uh, DeAndre Ayton, and Monty Williams and how that whole thing ended last year. Clearly, that isn't all cleaned up. Uh, and then Jay Crowder, they're probably going to lose him. And I think he's their locker room person. I mean, as much of a leader as Chris Paul is, Devin Booker's not a big vocal leader. So Jay Crowder was their their veteran that kept them all together. So I'm with you. I think Clippers, um, Warriors, a- a- and Grizzlies are the three teams that I'm really looking forward to watching. And just to add on to that about the Suns, because I was yeah. saying this even last year, you know, everyone yeah. praised them for 
winning 64 games. But Bob Myers, there's a quote out there. I tweeted this about a week or two ago uh, at my Twitter accounts at Dog Surf Rocho. Um, if you want to see that video, Myers was at some sort of a uh, conference. Uh, it was like a, a sports data analytics conference hosted by MIT. And I've never seen him that emotional. And this clip's from like three years ago, but he was like passionate about how he picks his players, like how he evaluates talent for uh, in terms of, of signing or drafting personnel. And besides having like a Swiss army type skill set where you can do a, a, a myriad of different things mm-hmm. on the court, um, he also really looks at how players perform in the postseason. To him, the postseason and the regular season <clears throat> are just two entirely different sports. Uh, like any any cited examples of, for example, uh, a player will typically may have two feet of space between him and a defender when putting up a three point shot in the playoffs. That becomes two inches. Uh, officials are suddenly not calling everything like they do in the right uh, or they're Yeah, they're, they're a lot more hands off in the postseason. So it's a more physical game. So when Bob Myers evaluates personnel, he looks at how they do in the postseason, first and foremost. And the reason why I bring this up is because Chris Paul has never shown me that he is a winner when it comes to the playoffs. Um, regular season, look, he's a Hall of Famer, first ballot. Yeah. But he has just not shown me that he can carry a team in the playoffs. And he's going to be 38 years old this year. You mentioned all the the, the dissent going on, right, between uh, uh, Jay Crowder, who's probably going to get traded. I'm curious to see what they get back for him. They're not going to have a lot of leverage because uh, he's just sitting out, which is wild. Um, so, yeah, I don't see the Suns. I think they'll, they might be a four or five seed, but – uh, or they might be a great regular season team again. Who knows? I don't know what their OU is on on wins, but um, yeah, I'm with you. I just don't think they're going to do anything come playoff time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're at about 52 and a half. I don't. I I would I play the under in there. I think so. All right, Cyrus. Yeah, you agree with that one? I do agree with that. Yeah. Okay. And again, it's 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 really. I mean, when you when you when you're bringing back a team that looks pretty much the same. And, and the odds makers are, are giving them a 12 game deduction from what they got a year ago. That's a bad sign to yeah, me. Yeah, that really you is. Know that, so I think, yeah, I, I agree. I think they're, they're probably going to be like a 47, 48 win team this year. That would be my guess. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Cyrus. Tell everyone where we can find you, not only now, but throughout the season. Yeah. Just uh, so if you follow me on Twitter, that's where everything starts there. Uh, just follow me at Docs or Frocho, where I post all the links for the Rick Berry show for Locked On Warriors. Um, yeah, I try to just provide everything you need when it comes to Dub Nation. And thank you so much for having me on. This is fun. Yeah, of course. We'll check in with you throughout the year. All right. That's all we have for you. We'll be back tomorrow to over Wednesday's slate of all the NBA games. So much going on. A couple bets that I already like there, but we will talk through those tomorrow. I'd also love it if you would rate, subscribe, like this podcast uh, on whatever platform you're listening on. And then also go over to Twitter. Give me a follow. Show some support. My Twitter handle is at Kate Constable. Thanks for listening.